Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing is greater than Jesus. Not demon, not illness, not physical ailment or disease. Nothing. Jesus overcomes them all. In Capernaum that day, he is the rescuer of the captive, the healer of the sick, the fixer of the broken. Whoever, whenever, wherever, where Jesus is, things happen. Good things, great things. But what about today, when we see so much evil in our world, in the midst of a pandemic, with so much sickness and disease and death? If only there was a Capernaum we could go to, where Jesus is for us, to heal us, to fix us. To help us. Is that asking too much? Or is it actually quite the opposite? Is it asking too little? I think there are a couple of interesting things in this reading we heard today from St. Luke to help us answer that question. And the first is that Jesus doesn't go to Capernaum to expel demons and heal people. That happens, but Jesus doesn't go there for that purpose, looking for demons to expel or to heal people and show them his power in all people. He goes there and he goes to the synagogue to teach. Just as we heard he did last week in Nazareth. And that's what Jesus says at the end of this reading too. When the Sabbath was over and the sun comes up the next day. He says to the people, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues. Of Judea. Jesus is first and foremost a preacher. He preaches the word of God. The word of God that preaches him. All the Old Testament. All the teachings and stories about God preserving and protecting and providing and preparing for this. The sending of the Son into the world to save it. To fulfill every word. Every promise. The Old Testament is a spotlight. That over time, little by little, focuses down on this one man. Who is more than just a man. But the very Son of God in human flesh and given the name Jesus. It's all about him. And that Jesus preaches. 
And when he expels demons, when he heals the sick, when he fixes the broken, when he raises the dead, all those things preach him too. They're not what he came to do. But they point to it. They preach it. His mission was not just to make our life better for a time. But to give us life eternal. Not just to free us from sickness until the next one comes along. But to give us a life where there is no sickness. Not just to deliver us from trouble until the next one comes along. But to provide a life where there is no sin. And not just to rescue our life from pain and sadness and grief until the next one comes along. But to give us a life where there is nothing to cause those things anymore. So if we just want Jesus to heal and fix and help us now, is that asking too much? No, it really is asking too little. Now, it's not wrong to ask Jesus for those things. We should. We should turn to him in every need. He tells us to. And just as in Capernaum, when the people brought to him all who were sick with various diseases, Jesus does help and heal and fix them. I think all of you could probably testify to that in your own lives as well. But we can't stop there. We can't stop at Capernaum. We can't stop with Jesus simply playing whack-a-mole with all the problems that pop up in our lives. There's more. Much more. So when the Sabbath was over and the sun came up the next day, Jesus went on to preach. To preach with his words, to preach with his deeds, to preach with his presence. His very presence testifying to God's faithfulness and love. God's faithfulness to his word. And his love for all people. For he wants all to hear and know. And so he sends his prophets before, like Jeremiah, to preach that word. And he sends his apostles into all the world to preach that word. To confess. To say and do the same things as he. So Luke tells us that that morning when the Sabbath was over and the sun came up, Jesus went out. Here's the other interesting thing. To a desolate place. The truth is, he actually already was. For the whole earth is a desolate place, really. It's not, it was not so in the beginning. It became so because of sin. Sin which desolates the world and desolates lives. Sin which causes sickness and poverty and loneliness and death. Our God didn't just witness this happening from afar, from his throne, watching his perfect world infected and being eaten away by sin. He was born into it as a baby. 
He grew up in it as a boy. He lived in it as a man. And he died in it. In the desolation. He died for it. That his blood make the desolate live again. And that's what happened on the third day. When the desolation of the tomb, from that desolation, life rose again. For the sin which brought desolation into the world, the sin that causes sickness and poverty and loneliness and death, the sin that brings sadness and death, was atoned for. Not so that we would live a life untouched by the desolation of sin. As long as we live here in this world of sin and death, that's impossible. But that we live now a life which overcomes that desolation. The desolation of sin. So that we live a life where the desolation of sin is overcome by the forgiveness of Jesus. So, how does that happen? The first way that the desolation of sin is overcome is when we repent. When we repent of the desolation we have brought into the lives of others. The hurt and the pain, the poverty and the loneliness we have inflicted. Our words that have lacked compassion. Our deeds which have lacked love and our love which has failed. To repent and not try to justify ourselves, not try to blame others, for to repent and ask forgiveness desolates sin and strips it of its power. It will not rule me. It is ruled by the one greater than it, The one who overcame it through his cross and resurrection. So we repent. And the second way we overcome the desolation is when we forgive. When we forgive those who have brought the desolation of sin into our lives. Whether they ask for it or not. Whether they deserve it or not. If we don't, we keep the desolation of their sin inside of us. And it will rule us. It will overcome us. But if we forgive as we have been forgiven, sin is desolated and stripped of its power. It will not rule me. It is ruled by the one greater than it. The one who overcame our sin through his cross and resurrection, so we forgive. And then the third way we overcome that desolation, we live. Not because we're living in a Capernaum, where Jesus did lots of great things and gave life. But because we live at the cross. Where Jesus did the great thing and desolated the desolator. Where Jesus died to overcome sin and death and give us life. 
Not a life untouched by the desolation of sin and death, but life that rises from it. The life you rose into when you were baptized. The life you are renewed in when you are forgiven. And the life that you are fed by his body and blood. The life you now have. That's the life Jesus proclaimed in Capernaum that day. In word and deed. The life he entered this world to give through his death and resurrection. And the life he is giving still in a desolate world to desolate people in desolate times. The life he lived and the life he described in the reading we heard today from Corinthians. The life of love. For all that St. Paul is describing there comes together and flows from the cross. Those verses are often read at weddings. But if you want to see that love, there's only one wedding you will see it at. And that's the marriage of the heavenly bridegroom and his bride, the church. The love he not only spoke to her, to us, but showed us on the cross and gives us from the cross. Love that is patient with us. Love that did not rejoice in wrongdoing, but bore it all on the cross. Love that endured it all for us. Love that in a world that is passing away, will not pass away. But gives us who are passing away the life we need. And this love given to us, we then begin to give to others. So Jesus didn't stay in Capernaum. He had to preach this good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of himself and this love to the other towns as well. He had to go to the cross and preach from it as his pulpit. The good news of the kingdom of God from the cross as his throne. You want to know love? You want to see love? There's love. So Jesus didn't stay in Capernaum, and we don't have a Capernaum to go to when the desolation of sin and death seeks to crush us, but we do have a cross to go to, and that's better. It is the cross Jesus has planted here. In the font, in the pulpit, and on the altar, and in every font pulpit and altar where he and his death and resurrection are preached. For in all these places, he is healing your brokenness, casting out your demons, raising you from being dead in your trespasses and sins, forgiving your sins and giving you hope. Not just for this life. That's asking too little. But for a greater life. An eternal life, which really is, as St. Paul said, the more excellent way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.